0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's 1 Million by 1 Million podcast. We are speaking with Victoria Pettibone of Astia Angels. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm pleased to be here. Tell us about Astia Angels. What are you doing? What is the focus of the group? What size investments are you making? Tell us about Astia Angels.
1: Sure. Sure. So, Astia Angels is a program of Astia, so I'll start with Astia and go into Astia Angels. Um, Astia is an organization with a mission to level the playing field for women entrepreneurs by providing access to capital and networks for the companies that they lead. Um, we, We really focus on forging deep relationships among entrepreneurs, investors, and advisors that move women into positions of power, equity, and influence. Uh, We value inclusion, innovation, and investment as positive forces for change. So Astia Angels is a program of Astia. Um, It it really came out of our larger community wanting to start investing in companies that were applying to Astia and that we were working with in in an advisory capacity. Um, We are a group of men and women. It's very much the philosophy of Astia that it's important that men and women be working side by side, creating businesses side by side, investing side by side. So it's men and women, and it is global. We have members in the United States, in the UK, in Australia, in Germany, um, but it is a small group still. We're, we're growing. We have about 50 members, five zero, um, but, but very, very active. Um, we started in 2013, and since then, our angels have invested over $16 million into 47 mm-hmm. companies, um, and that represents... You know, in in syndication, over 175 million into into those companies. Um, we have had uh, two exits this year, both very successful in two very different industries. One was in med device, and one was in um, SaaS and cloud computing. Um, so our portfolio really does range from between okay. all industries.
0: Let me double click down on, um, on a yeah. whole host of things that you said there. Um, first and foremost, what is the deal size? What, what denomination of investments does your group make? Yeah, It really ranges.
1: Um, it ranges tremendously because, you know, at the end of the day, the individuals are, are making their own final decision and the individuals have a range of investment appetite. So there, we have done deals um, as large as a million dollars that we've pooled together in, in the group. Yep. Um, and we've done investments as small as just one angel going in at, you know, 10 or $25,000. Um, but as much as possible, we're, we're usually hitting a more of a middle ground, um, you know, probably a 250,000 to 400,000 range. Um, but like I said, it, it really does, it really can vary quite substantially. Um, and we do invest across borders as well. We have a few, uh, investments into um, UK companies. Uh, and we are looking at deals from other areas as well.
0: Okay. And what about industry sector? That is also broad for you, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. It is. The, the thing that is focused is the women-led teams. <laughs> um, yes. All the companies that we invest in must have at least one woman in a position of leadership holding equity and significant influence. So that's the yep. defining um, category and, and, and in a, in a high-growth space. Um, but because of that, we can be very open. Otherwise, so our our industries really do break down. Um, you know, we have a very diversified portfolio that includes tech, med device, consumer, clean tech. Um, you know, about fifty percent falls into the tech category. This is you know high growth investing. Um, but we have a, a good chunk of med medical device and um, and some life sciences and so on.
0: So our audience is uh, all technology and technology-enabled services. So that is information technology. Yeah. Um, what, if you double-click down on that portion of your uh, investment activity, what trends do you see in your deal flow? What industry sectors or subsectors do you like to invest in within that spectrum? You know, again, it's it's pretty wide in terms
1: of what we see applying. I think. Something that um, because we are so open, we really get a huge range of of opportunities. Um, in terms of what people are responding to, I think at Astia Angels, interestingly, I think it has less to do with exact sector or focus. It really has to do with um, connection with the the team, the CEO, believing you know, really believing that 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 team can um, execute and um, believing in the that there's a, a great opportunity, there, there's real vision to the company. So our angels end up um, investing in areas that, that they might not have expertise in. Um, and partly that's enabled because we have this larger community at Astia, not, not the angel members, but beyond that, we have a global community that we've been building for over 15 years of advisors and experts who help us, source the companies, screen the companies. Um, along the way, we connect the companies to those individuals as advisors. We create advisory relationships. And because we have this screening process in place, this vetting process, it's called our Astia Expert Sift, it makes our angels comfortable investing outside of their comfort zones. Um, so I would say it, it really, I always, when I speak with on- and they ask me, well, you know, is, is this going to be the right industry or sector focus or et cetera, I always say, yeah, go go ahead and apply for sure. We will we will look at it and talk to it. And um, if it resonates with our angels and it, it feels like there's a large market opportunity and um, they like the team and, you know, all of that, they'll have a
0: shot. So let's um, discuss stage. You know, um, the early stage investment has become quite – Complex. It used to be, in yeah. the olden days, it used to be seed and series A. Now it's yeah. pre-seed, seed, post-seed, yeah. pre-series yeah. Yeah. Like, A, series you know, <laughs> A, A1, A2, A++.
1: It's true. It's true. It is, it, it, there's no rules anymore,
0: for sure. Um, yeah. So are
1: you, uh, in terms of what we're focused on?
0: Yeah. What are you focused on? What do your angels like to invest in? Um
1: yeah so again, like everything we we do um we do invest at at every stage, however, uh, I would say most of the investments end up being um, either that what i 'll say late seed or series a, so um certainly past the friends and family round um so the first real seed stage <laughs> we we do do convertible notes, so um we see a lot of those at the seed stage um so it could be that that first round before the, the first equity raise we can get in on um, or it's the first equity raise. Um, and then sometimes What's the, uh, the
0: series. what metrics are you looking for? Are you looking for revenues already in swing? Are you looking for um, customer validation but not necessarily revenue? Can you pinpoint for me yeah. where is the you comfort know, zone?
1: It, yeah, and again, um, I wouldn't say there's a specific... You know, specific metrics and and it's, you know, when, when one runs a fund, they can have sort of fairly clear parameters. When you're dealing with a group of individuals all with their own ideas. (laughs) I often say that my job is herding cats. You're herding cats towards the investment. So, um, so it makes it much more, um, it makes it less defined, right? I, I think what our angels look for certainly is some, proof, you know, real proof of concept um, and and some traction. And whether that's in sales or, um, you know, so obviously if you're dealing with them, um, uh, well, you're, you're, we're dealing with um, technology here. So I was going to say if it were, you know, medical device obviously wouldn't be that. But um, in terms of the technology companies, it might be sales. It might be um, some other forms of, of real traction. Um, Are pilots again, I don't considered, think um, acceptable. So usually, what I find is that it's helpful to be through the pilot and have the results. And what was okay. the data that came Fair came enough. out of that pilot? And what has been learned? And what 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 will be changed moving forward? I I usually usually when a company is in pilot usually it is it will feel a bit too early for the angels for their comfort zone Um, but I always say usually usually because we do have a company that we invested in from the very beginning and there was there was just an entrepreneur and an idea but she had a long history with Astia she was a serial entrepreneur she Mm -hmm. um, had not only been on on the entrepreneurial side she'd been on the venture side Um, her idea was very strong she had a team of ready to sign on as soon as she received her first funding so we jumped in on that there was certainly no no pilot no anything had been done mm-hmm. um so and that really can happen amazing. but but because there were all these other factors that the the long relationship um and all of that i think that that de-risked the company or the opportunity yep. in a way I mean, at the end of the day, angels are looking, it's all risk reward. It's it's all high, they know it's high risk. So they're they're just looking at the calculation of how much risk are they willing to take. And, and I think it's, you know, for an angel, it's their personal money. And so it's, yeah, it's, they have to be very thoughtful about it. And it's going to be tied up for a long time. So, um, you know, which is why so, I think um, it really comes down to, I'm sorry
0: what is there a fee i was going to say investment for master angels
1: no no fees um you just apply and then your company goes through expert sift so what that means is you you get your materials up on the on the platform and the first step is the executive team myself and my executive team we look at the company and we make sure that first Fits the basic criteria, you know. There, there's a woman, at least one, yeah. um, and it's in the high growth space, cetera, So we do we do a, a criteria check, and then it goes through industry screen, which means that um, industry experts within this broader Astia community take a look at at um, a, a very select amount of the materials and they answer questions about the company. We aggregate those results and pretty much mathematically move the company forward in the process or not. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if we don't, we provide feedback and I've been told time and again that the feedback is some of the most sort of honest, helpful feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, If a company makes it through that, then they go to our operations screen, which is a virtual Uh, presentation to our C-suite committee, which is made up of people who have C-level experience, whether they are Mm -hmm. serial venture-backed entrepreneurs or C-level in corporate. And they assess the company. Um, There's a Q&A after the presentation so they can dive in a bit. And again, we have them fill out a survey, aggregate the results, and then pass the company forward. So it's this really interesting multi-tiered process that, that the company goes through. Um, there's, a, a, there's an investor screen at the end, and then any companies that make it through are highlighted to the mm-hmm. angel group. But also along the way, we've been asking people, hey, are there any investors you would introduce this company to? So we are really interested in helping companies access capital, whether it's through Ask the Angels or somewhere else. Um, so um, we're, we're just about to relaunch our our venture, se- our venture Showcase series, which is an opportunity for companies to present to VCs. Um, mm-hmm. We used to do that in person, and now we're, we're doing a virtual format of it. So again, just creating a lot of access points for entrepreneurs yep. to, to receive feedback, receive access to investors, even if they don't get an investment from ASCII Angels. Hopefully, there's some okay. value add in having gone through the process.
0: Let's talk a bit about um, what you have invested in in your current full portfolio, and uh, and maybe even exits. You talked about a couple of exits this year, of which one of them was a the, um, IT company. So let's talk about your portfolio exits and so forth. Um, yes, so the two exits, they're both um,
1: public, so I can talk about them. Um, one is the one was CL Medical, which was exited to VR Medical, but I won't focus on that one. Um, and the other was uh, Cloudimize, which exited to a Blackstone portfolio company. Um, and it was a, both, both were very, very good exits. Um, the, they are not disclosing numbers on either of them, but our investors were happy. Um, and both of those exits happened within two years of our investors Investing in them when we came into the rounds, Mm -hmm. Um, so that was very.
0: So they didn't didn't have venture money in the companies. They were pure angel-funded companies that straight away exited. Um,
1: you know, I believe that they did have some venture money in, but I don't know the, but I believe there was some, uh, potentially in both of them.
0: And uh, Um, if you look at the IT part of your portfolio are there any um, highlights that are companies that are doing particularly well that you are excited about that are, uh, you know, just kind of samples of companies that you're excited about? Yeah. I mean, I have to say,
1: I am excited about pretty much all of our portfolio. I I, I know that's so ridiculous to say, but um, you know, the, the companies are all, um, you know, facing the, the challenges of, of running a company really well. And something that I was, I was going to highlight earlier and I'll bring up now is that, you know, so much of this early stage investing is about relationships and building relationships for, for the entrepreneurs to build relationships with the investors and advisors and for the investors and advisors to build relationships with the um, with the teams. And even companies in our portfolio that may not be hitting their milestones or you know, facing challenges. Every startup is going to face challenges and miss milestones. Mm -hmm. And what's what I don't mind, the reason that I don't, you know, freak out about that too much yet is because if we have a good relationship with the executive team, we can do what we can to support them through that. um, And we really – stress the the need for that kind of transparency and good communications i mean having these companies report to us on a regular basis is really really important to us Um, so i think rather than point out any company i i just would say that the the ones that are the ones that are i think that we feel the best about are the ones that that are really good at regularly reporting um, and they've found ways to make it not a huge burden on them because I can understand an entrepreneur's is really busy and the last thing they want to do is stop and report to investors. But the entrepreneurs who have you know, figured out a way to, to make the reporting helpful to them and, and can see it as a way to leverage their investor network, those are the companies that well, are Well, really and I
0: think well. uh, investor relations is a requirement. Whether you like it or not, It is if you raise money from outside investors, um, you have to report about your performance. And that is just the way the yeah. business works. There's no going around yeah. it. Yeah, but the ones that, that really embrace it as a,
1: something that could help them are the, are the ones that do really well. I always tell entrepreneurs with, with angel investing um, to always include an ask of their investors because you know ne- what the thing that's great about having angel investors is that they each each angel investor comes with their own network of people, potential investors, sure. potential all of that stuff. So the more that you can leverage that the better. And I always tell entrepreneurs too that I always think it's helpful when they give little shout-outs to the particular yeah. investors that have helped them because as Cause I'm also an investor when I get an investor report and there's a shout out to somebody that I know it makes me feel competitive of oh, wait a minute what yeah. can I, what can I do for that company? I want to yeah, get a shout sure, out sure, you sure. know so um so i I think the the companies that are um that are that are doing the best are the ones that are that are regular regularly reporting yeah. and even yeah, if one of were... my
0: favorite um, case studies is a story of uh, modernizing medicine, which is a a repeat entrepreneur is the founder of blackboard uh, which was a very big uh, public company uh, modernizing medicine raised all their uh, early rounds significant amounts of it from physicians and this is a technology that is targeted towards physicians so they basically they, they were customers who were also equity yeah. investors and they just drummed up so much you know, endorsements and people with the, all these uh, investors were talking about how they were using the product, calling their friends and recruiting new customers. It was just a phenomenally yeah. effective round of investment that, or multiple rounds of investment that really helped them grow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You have a whole army, army of people fighting Army your of cause. people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And leveraging that army of people is really important. So I'm going to ask you for some yeah, trend um, in, insights. How do you process the current investment climate where capital is moving further and further upstream? How does a seed investor or an entrepreneur, for that matter, mitigate the Series A gap? So
1: I think Uh, one of the points that I know that I know you speak on is, is really valid, which is really building in revenue streams and for as long as you can, trying to fund the business out of, out of revenue streams, if you can build that um, and not trying, not necessarily trying to grow super, super, super fast, but if you can, for the companies that can find a model of, um, of, a, of growth, you know, if they're if they're not getting that funding, or if they're nervous about not re- reaching that funding, if they can find a model where they can self-sustain for a while, um, and then really start to build those metrics, build the the user base, and the all of that, then they're in a much stronger position to go out um, and and be able to successfully raise that next round. Um, so I think that's one thing uh, is
0: that
1: yeah. aspect so um, becoming
0: sustainable yeah. and not dependent on outside capital is definitely one of the best ways to mitigate the series a gap and and and, and thereby kind of making yourself not dependent on mm-hmm. uh series a you can maybe do without series a the the tricky one actually you know as i'm listening to you is when maybe you have done that and you're not growing very fast and then you go out to raise A, and then people are going to say, oh, you're not very, growing very fast. You're not a fast growth company, so we can't invest in your company. So that's, <laughs> it's a bit of yeah, know. you
1: know. It's true, although I think, you know, I think there can be a case that's, I mean, I do think people do pay attention to it. Yeah, I haven't been, but I don't have a sales team. Like, look what I've done on just me being Without a sales, a sales, sales person, team. Just yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. So look at how I can scale this the moment I add the the sales team the moment you know if you just add water if you can prove to them that all they need to do is add water then then I think you can sometimes overcome that but I agree that that is that is certainly a challenge um, going back to relationships again you know your angels are going to be the ones who participate in that in that bridge round and that next bridge round and that third bridge round you know those bridge rounds that are that you're going to have to do to to make it to that Series A um, that's when you're going to go back to your current investors, and so you want to have built really good relationships with them, so that they they really stand by you in the, in those times. Um, I would say don't feel bad about the bridge round. I mean, I so many companies that I see end up needing the bridge round. Um, so I think.
0: Well, and you know, know to just, to elaborate on on that, actually, in some cases, if you can. Basically, exit your company without um, needing a Series A. If you have a bunch of angel investors and and with a, you know, some amount of bridge financing, if you can just bridge to exit, that is also not a bad way to mitigate the Series A gap.
1: Yes, yes, that's a good point. I mean, your angels are <laughs> going to be happy for the most part, you yes. know, I mean, it, it'll be like, exactly it's a short turnaround time. They'll they will have not been diluted by, <laughs> you know, yeah. the biggies
0: coming in, and yeah, for sure, for sure. So the other side of the coin is this whole unicorn mania where, you know, so far we've been talking about companies that operate in a more capital efficient mode. Now the other side of the coin is in unicorn mania, there's so much capital flowing into companies. And these are typically tend to be the hot companies that attract this level of capital. So if you, these are again, few and far between, but if you are a seed investor in a very hot company, and, uh, and there's a lot of capital chasing these companies. How do, you, uh, how do you mitigate from being buried under later stage liquidation preferences? There are cases yeah. where, you know, Qatar Sovereign Investment Fund comes in and, and gives liquidity to the entrepreneur, or, you know, some maybe around yeah. CDC, and the, the angel investors are sitting around basically not getting liquidity.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one for sure. Um, I think that you know a, a lot of the companies that our angels are interested in are not necessarily trying to go the unicorn route. And I, I think it you know in part because of that, and in part because I think that the investors who are attracted to Astia Angels are do believe in mission. Now, don't get me wrong; they're investors. They they do want to see profit. They want to. They're, they're not. In, they're not doing this for. Um, yeah profit reasons So definitely do yeah yeah they they're definitely want to make a profit they definitely want that, but why ask the angels versus another angel group? Um, you know, I think they really believe in the mission and because of, of that supporting I women them, entrepreneurs of supporting women entrepreneurs and then the larger mission of just making the world a better place, you know just <laughs> equity and equality and inclusion, all these themes um, and so because of that, a lot of the companies that they end up being interested are, are know quite visionary companies but but less so of uh you know just a uh, the next facebook you know I, I, mm-hmm. so so i think because of that some of those unicorn opportunities or you know companies that might go that path if everything goes well um you know may, maybe don't attract as much interest um whereas the yeah. ones that Well, you know, uh,
0: know, a good segue into what you're saying is that one of my observations is that we're in 2017, right? Lots of stuff have already been built. And nowadays, there aren't so many wide open opportunities to build these gigantic companies. You know, a Salesforce.com was possible to start in 1999. It's not like you're starting a Salesforce.com scale company right now. But there are many, many niche opportunities, and some of these businesses need to be built for small amounts of capital, maybe one or two million dollars, and sold for ten to fifteen million. In some cases, they can you know, be built for two hundred and fifty k to five hundred k, get enough validation, get the get through the pilots, get a few customers, and and then maybe sold for five to ten million. It, it seems like in your community there is actually appetite for these kinds of investments. I think there is some um and, and then i think there's a middle ground where they're you know they're,
1: they, they still are looking for opportunities that will be quite large but they're going to be they're going to be businesses not just this kind of single thing like a single app or a single you know one shot thing that could either be huge or be nothing um i think they're really looking at growing real businesses that that um yeah in b2b
0: i think um, there are lots of uh, opportunities like this, I think B two C is a, a bit more of an all or nothing game. Right. Um, what I'm talking about is more prevalent in enterprise software, you know, where mm-hmm. you right. build a product that is that covers a certain niche that has not been served yet, and 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 could okay. exit into a larger portfolio of enterprise software yeah. products. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Anything else that you want to add to our discussion that would help our entrepreneurs get to know Asgi Angels? Um what else what
1: else have I not said? Um
0: oh well I guess just the other thing to
1: know is that you know we never really consider things a closed door um and so if you do apply to Astia and you get you don't pass one of the screens um that you know we encourage our entrepreneurs to come back apply again um or let us know about milestones they've met you know a, a lot of things it's never a, it's never a flat out no so yeah. it is about building, um, and again, I've said this before, but we believe in relationships. So some of the some of our investments are in companies that we've known for a long time. Whether they they came in, they were too early, or or they came in and we got to know them under one company, and maybe that company failed, and then this is their second inter- iteration or their third yeah. company, and this time is the time that it that it that it all gels, and the investment is made, and we've seen that entrepreneur go through and lessons learned and all of that. So I always say, you know, keep the door open. Remember, it's always about a relationship build. Um, take advantage of advisors you meet along the way. Um, you know, that, that, can, that can help open your network. Um, and a lot of it is about accessing, accessing networks. So that's what we're really focused on is, is really enabling entrepreneurs to to connect with broader communities.
0: Great. Well, very nice talking to you, Victoria, and uh, let's keep in touch. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to work together a bit more. Yes. Great. Thank you.
1: It was a pleasure speaking. I enjoyed this very much.
0: Bye-bye. Take care. All right.
1: Bye.